Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ask the Amigos. This is where Aaron and I answer all of our Discord community's burning questions. Mm. We're going to lead things off with Super Tech Boy. He says, if you had a stealth sleeper van, what are some features you must have? Well, you know, I've thought I watched a ton of uh, sleeper van videos this week because on uh, on uh, uh, Rob Fleckohair's Harris latest blog, he talks about how it seems like people are getting out of the sleeper van business. Uh, yeah, so, so man, life's through, dying. I went through and watched every video he linked, and it was interesting. They all have various reasons, but the big reason is they're all sick of it. So here's what I would do: no kitchenette, none of this crap, no bathroom, none of that. My sleeper pad is going to be for sleeping. It's going to have a big bed, a TV, computer. That's it. All right, all, you know, like along the bed. That's all mm-hmm. I'm doing in that sucker. When I got to uh, use the restroom or eat, I'm out. I'll just go through the drive-through. I'm not going to cook nothing. I'm not Drive doing any of that crap. No, I'm not, no onboard water. None of that crap. Screw all that. I'm not doing any of that. Too hard. That's how I would do it. But just one big, super comfy bed. That's what I would do. That maybe you know, pulls it, into it, a couch. It, it, I've, I've been pulled into the van life uh, movement to some extent through Rob. Uh, in that I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos, which is really all it takes to become part of the van life movement. Yeah. Um, and they've got something called a cassette toilet. I need one of those. How's that work, boat? You put a cassette in there and it plays music real loud. So when you're doing your business, you don't disturb other people. How loud are you when you use the restroom? I mean, what are you doing in there? Listen, screaming? Well, sometimes, you know, it, 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 it just, it, 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 it can be an event. Do you I ever tell sing you that. while you're on the on the toilet? Because then I can see it. Yeah. Have you ever seen that episode of Seinfeld where they talk about this? Like, not and the the bathroom's not in an alcove or any sort of hidden away place. It's like right off the the dining room. Yeah. Do you do you, you take your that. shirt off when you use the restroom like George does? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'd say cassette toilet and um, just a yeah, like you said, big bed. But I wouldn't have the computer, so it would just be bed cassette toilet. What? So, but when you say cassette toilet, it's not. That's just a cassette, right? I don't know what it is, Aaron. Okay, that's because I was lost. Would you have a toilet in your van, yes or no? If it was a cassette toilet, yes. Okay, we not knowing what that is, so got yeah. it. L. Curtis Boyle asks, what is the game on any system that you think has terrible graphics or sound, but you still play it because it's just too darn fun? Go ahead. Bro. I would say every game on the Coco. I don't know. I'm Some sorry. Of the but they, I mean, they have it. Well, I, a lot of games on the Coco are not going to win any awards for graphics or sound. But they win all the awards for playability. Now, there are exceptions, of course. Sailor Man looks freaking great. Shock Trooper looks good. Uh, but there's a lot of games on there that you're just playing because it's just it's 100% gameplay. I'd put a lot of Atari 8-bit games in there, too. Like Jumpman, you know, Jumpman's not going to win any graphics awards, but I'll play that right now. When I think of something that has not that good of graphics, but, but one thing, it's just like gr- sound that makes you want to die, but I still mm-hmm. play it. I'm going to go back to the old Manic Miner uh, boat. Oh, uh, if, my god! If you don't hit that sound off button right away, you're, you, you're and you start <laughs> to listen to that, that and I think is that game also is it, everything about that game doesn't work, but as a and when you smash it all together, it works on the old ZX. You got to have the that god awful tune playing, and you've got to have that pinpoint accurate jumping and timing. Uh, but and because the graphics are goofy, the sound of that when you think of the worst sound, 
there's we played some game that had like an engine noise that was really really irritating. I can't remember what it was. So that would be up there. But I think that was also on the ZX. But that the music that music's so bad. So I would go with that. Yeah, I think you know a lot of the 48k Spectrum games. You've just got to mute the sound, and it's horrible. You know, back in the day, you you didn't have that option all the time because the sound was coming out of the Spectrum itself. Yeah, that's so, brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Chartel asks. He says, in the early 90s, my uncle bought Gunship 2000 for the Amiga, and it came bundled with another game that I did I knew nothing about. Because he didn't want the other game, he gave it to me. That game was Pirates, and ended up being probably the game I've played more in my life. Is there any game that appeared in your life completely out of the blue and ended up being one of your favorite games? Yes, Hundreds. I'll answer this. <laughs> um most games in my early gaming career literally came out of the blue because my mom would go to yard sales and she'd come home with a bunch of games. And uh, those were great days. I remember that Metroid was bought at a yard sale. Uh, Metal Gear uh, was bought at a yard sale. But, the, of course, the king of the games that I actually ended up borrowing from a, a girl down the street and ended up keeping forever was the Adams Family for the Super Nintendo, one of my all-time favorite games, uh, and I played it just because she had it. And there you go. Listen, I hate to be generic Bob, but I'm going to do it again. When I think of games that I, not only did I not see them coming, but when I saw them coming, I was dreading them. I, mean, I was running screaming from them, and then I fell in love with them. It would easily be a chaos on the ZX. Uh, that's the bomb.com. I never get enough of it. Me and the boys still play it. Uh, it ain't pretty. It ain't sa- it doesn't sound pretty. It looks complex. It actually is sort of annoyingly complicated to do a turn. It shouldn't be that hard, but it's great. It's a great game. We've got the Steam re- super release, you know, that, and it was great too. So that one, I'm going to put that one way at the top because we picked that. I remember when I looked at what that was before we did the show, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a sim life moment. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I really, that's when I turned a quarter. But there's a ton of those on this show and on our other shows that, where I was like, this is going to be absolute garbage. And it ended up being great. So, but that's the one that comes to mind. Graham Vebke asks, what's the best place in West Virginia to get a sockeye salmon or tuna sandwich that isn't a big chain store? I don't know what, I don't know what sockeye, I don't know what that is. And so I don't like tuna. So my answer is I don't know. I don't eat any either one of those. Um, I don't know what sockeye salmon is either. That may be a regional West Virginian thing that's not in our region. Yeah. Uh, as far as a tuna sandwich goes, I am I like tuna and I eat tuna often, but I don't. It's one of those meals. It's like getting a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the uh, at, a, at a at a restaurant. It's like you can make one at your house for nothing. I'm not going to pay somebody $6.99 to make one for me. Is there any place around it you can fish for salmon? Is that a th- I mean, we always oh, yeah. fish. Where- I, think, I think you got salmon around here. Just floating you around. Where at? Because we all, I, You don't know, do you? Well, I'm looking at that. I'm not even sure. Would you move along? Get it out. <laughs> uh, Graham also asks with the next global recession coming, how are things in your neck of the woods? Well, well. Go ahead, Boat. I think we both have the same answer. Um, we see it in that everything is getting more expensive. Um, our area was already economically depressed before the recession, so uh, we're not seeing we're not seeing the the sort of unemployment. In fact, there's a lot of places that are still actively hiring in uh, our area. Most of them. Um, <laughs> being a government employee, 
Uh, this is one of those times that it pays off to be a government employee because my job is pretty secure. Um, things would have to get real bad before they start laying off the government. Uh, and so, um, you know, I would say that we're better off than a lot of people, uh, where we are. Um, cause we're used to course, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I hate the fact that everything, whenever you go anywhere, for example, here's an example. I was, uh, driving through St. Albans on my way to Jefferson. I mean, everybody's going to Jefferson these days. No, they're not. And uh, and I was, was went through the drive through at the Tudors there, you know, on the right side. And uh, I ordered, placed my order, shaved ham melt combo. Okay, how much do you think the menu price was for that? Three twenty nine, seven dollars and fifty eight cents. Okay, but that's not the kicker. The kicker is the guy said that'll be ten forty eight, and I was like, wait for a one minute, one biscuit. No, this is for the combo for the. Oh, hash okay. I'm the sorry. I was off. Okay. I didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, it says seven fifty eight on the menu," and he's like, "Well, it's uh, it's your you got your hash brown, your sprite, and your biscuit. That's that's ten fifty eight." And I was like, "Well, it says seven fifty eight on the menu," and he says, "Hold on a second. And then this other girl gets on there, and she's like, "Can I help you?" And I was like, "Well, I wanted this combo." And she's like, that'll be ten fifty eight. And I was like, what well, says seven fifty eight on the menu? And she she gives me the same spiel. And then she's like, hold on a second. And then a third person comes on the line, and I repeat the same thing again. And she's like, yeah, we need to update our menu price. So they and just, I was like, they spate and switched it right there. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm out of here. So I backed out of that drive through and I drove off. That must have killed you inside because I know how much you love three dollars extra, three dollars above. Can you imagine paying ten bucks over ten dollars for a tutor's combo? Yeah. Well, well you know, to, to get to the your everything's gone up. Eating out, everything from grocery store, they're killing it. Okay. But here's the thing, and I will say, I go to a lot of places that have those like community. Uh, pantries like you know the boxes right. and they're all they're they're bare okay people yeah. are dead there there are plenty of people in rough shape all right with all that said this is an interesting time in fact i've never been alive during a time like this because uh there are jobs there are jobs all over the place like we're trying to get people to work in my division and we can't bring they no one we would apply for the job i've got nope i mean we can't get anybody to do it like, there's tons of jobs, tons of places around here. They close early. They're closed on Sunday stuff because they can't get anybody to work. So there's jobs. There's never been this many jobs ever. I heard that unemployment in the United States is at a 70-year low. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's low, brother. So there's jobs to be had. And a lot of the jobs. So when you've got that many jobs, there are jobs at competitive wages. Okay? But... You have to get competitive wages because everything's gone up. It's a, I remember I got that raise last year. Did it cover my gas prices over the summer? Hell no. I ain't close, you know, because so that raise wasn't worth a jack. You know, it is what it is. So it is. It, can you survive now with a good job? Yes. Uh, if it gets worse, is it going to be a real problem? Yes. Uh, can you get a job now? Yes. Should you buy real estate or a car now? No, you should absolutely not because loans have gotten very expensive. It's because they're trying to beat down inflation. Now, how is it in West Virginia proper? We're used to it. I mean, it's always down here. And a lot of people here are on uh, welfare. And a lot, I mean, we've got probably percentage-wise, we've got the most in the nation on welfare. Oh, yeah. In I mean, state. one in, one in four adults in this country is on, yeah. uh, or in the, on the, in the state is, is on, um, disability. 
Yeah, and so, uh, uh, I mean, we're way. Hey, thanks, Frodo, for coming in. But we're way, we're way at the top of that. But we, you know, West Virginia is one of those states we just keep on. It just keeps on trucking. As a state, we're in better shape than a lot of states in terms of our government. But I mean, everything else, you know, it's pretty much the same, or or maybe a little worse. There you go. Super Tech Boy asks a question for me. He says, "Boat, if you had to teach a, at a fictional middle school from popular culture." Which one and why? And I don't know how to answer that question because I can't think of any shows that shine the spotlight on middle school culture. Like all of the shows are always about high school. Yeah. Um, yeah mostly I, because they can get like 30 year old actors to play high school kids and it's slightly more believable than middle school. Yeah. Uh, I mean, think about shows that are middle school, like Degrassi Junior High. I don't want to teach at that school. I don't, I don't know what that is. So. <laughs> no, we used to watch that in home ec in Miss Schaffner's class. Um, let's see. There was the, the middle school, the middle school the, in the Wonder Years. See, um, you're right because a lot of places don't even have middle schools, and so they don't get represented that much. And I mean, they've got they've got those grades. They don't call they're not called middle schools. They're called junior high. Well, I can't whatever. even think of I can't even think of like a show where they're they're doing a lot of that. Um, yeah. if I want to, if I want to pick a fictional high school to teach at, I want to teach at the high school in, uh, in persona four, that high school is awesome. That's what where about, I'd go. I, if, I know this was for you, but I would jump in. I okay, maybe a high school, but if I get to pick a school, I would like to teach at that school from, uh, rival schools, the Capcom fighting game. It's got all the hot teachers. They <laughs> they team up and do all those cool moves. They got powers. I like this. And there's like a volleyball chick and a baseball guy. I like to see those games. You got a bunch of those people gathered around. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, Andy Craig asks, are there some wacky mashups you'd like to see created? For example, Johnny Five becomes a Terminator after Skynet goes live, directed by Quentin Tarantino and starring Bo and Luke Duke in Hazard County. Gee, that's better than anything I can come up with. Holy cow. <laughs> what do you think about the classic uh, Star Wars, Star Trek crossover? Horrible. Would you like to see that? You know, no, that'd be horrible. It wouldn't work. Here's one for you. You know, a series I never got into was that that Hostel. Remember that Hostel series where the uh, the slaughter movies, you know, that. that Why do you want anything forth? to do with Hold that? Hold on a second. I'm working an angle here. Okay. I want to see a comedic version of that, right? And it stars as the killer and the and the narrator, Woody Allen. And he also directs. Now, that's mm. a mashup I could get into right there. Because I'm trying to think of. I was thinking the worst film that I would hate. And one of my favorite directors slash actors, that's what I came up with. So I'm going to go with that. Hostel. Okay. Hostel 6, directed by Woody Allen. David Hearn Ryder asks, if you could go back in time and give Commodore one piece of advice, what would it be? I'd say quit while you're ahead. After the C64 and you got this pile of money, just leave the industry. Well, Because IBM is going to kill everybody and the, the PC market is going to take off. So just take your big pile of money, everybody drive your Lambos home, and put your stock in uh, in Apple. The funny thing about that question is because you've got one chance, right? And so there were so many mistakes. Even the buying, uh, I mean, you could argue that even the purchase of Amiga is could have been considered a mistake because they didn't do anything with it. 
They yeah, heck like, yeah, it was. It was 100% you know, But mistake. I mean, it's not Amiga's fault, by the way. They no. were great. It's just that they dropped the ball in every way. Uh, you know, so everything from the end of the C64 on was one long series of screw-ups. So I don't, you would ha- you're almost right. You know, you should almost. Tell, you tell Tramiel, like before they fire him or whatever, I'd be like, you know, uh, uh, maybe not fire him would maybe be something they could do. Although yeah. ultimately, he, but I mean, he was, he may have seen something like this coming, you know, but I mean, I, I'm going to go with that. Just let him stick around. See how that goes. Try that out. Barkbit asks, if you were tasked to do a movie, what kind would you do? What do you uh, I'd want to direct a documentary because I love documentaries and I'd find something cool that I'd make a documentary on, like a Ken Burns style documentary, but not a million hours long. I, I like that idea and I would probably have picked that. So I'm going to go with my next choice was I, I actually wrote a film a while back. I don't know if I, ever, I don't think I mentioned it. You also filmed the film. I filmed People did what you said. Yeah, Vlad Killer. Uh, You've the, never was, felt that kind of it power. Was, it was a documentary. It was a real life documentary drama about the a bunch of geeks making a horror movie. I think it would have been pretty funny. So I kind of want to do that. But I'd also like to film. Uh, I'd like to also do a radio show. I desperately want to do that. It's going to happen. Maybe at next boat fest, I might try to get that over as an activity. And I would also like to film like a anthology style, like twenty minute uh, show. That'd be fun too, like a sci-fi or horror or something. You know, something fun. Pixels of Dawn asks, what are the criteria for a perfect pack-in game? What new bundle would you create for any system that doesn't currently exist? I've got thoughts on this one. Mm. All you have to do <clears throat> is look to uh, the pack-ins of Nintendo. Because I think they were the masters of the pack-in. Okay? Uh, Nintendo, of course, it didn't launch with this, but the, the the system that really took off was the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo. Because on the one hand, you've got Super Mario Brothers, a game that was unlike any other game that had ever come before it. I, I mean, agree. it was a it, it was a game that nobody had ever seen anything like before. No. Okay. Yeah. You pair that with a game for dad, a game for your parents, a game that any anybody can pick up and play. It's got lively, entertaining graphics. It's got humor in it, and it's got something that really brings the family together. Yeah, well, me, that's the perfect pack-in. That's game. well said, Boat, and also had name recognition for being out in the arcade. So you may have come across it back in those days. I would see duck hunts at like Kmart and and Hex, you know, that kind of. So you, someone might have seen that. Nintendo, if you look at which companies the king of pack-ins, they're the king. Full stop. When you've got Tetris, when you've got uh, Super Mario, when you've got uh, Wii Sports, uh, you're done. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> right. it's never gotten any better. And then right. sort of pack it, sort of went out of vogue after that. Uh, but what you wanted, what you want to pack in, in your machine is something that's, um, that is not incredibly complicated. You want something that is, uh, um, uh, fun right out of the box. And you want something that, that, your target audience uh, has either heard of or wants to experience. I think when you look at a, a game like uh, uh, Super Mario, I mean, listen, I've mentioned this before, but when I, the very first time I ever saw an NES was at a Kmart out in Charleston, and it was playing Super Mario Brothers. And I, I was, I mean, this sounds stupid now, but I was stunned. I couldn't believe that a home console was playing this. There was an Atari kiosk on the other side of Kmart that I used to play on all the time. We were done with that. 
that was all done because this this thing here was like better than the arcade. I remember thinking to myself, it's the first time ever that I thought to myself, this is a game they're going to be playing forever. Well, <laughs> you know? it, and it, it was. It shows it shows just another difference between the Japanese outlook on things and the American outlook on things. Because when at the same time you had, uh, you know, different sort of packages selling for all of the computers, for example, you had the the, the cartoon classics pack, you know, you, you had the Batman pack and things like that. And and what these packs were doing was, you know, Batman was a huge license, a huge license. And, and they sold a million Amigas when they included the Batman game with the Amiga. But was that the best showcase game for the computer at that time? No. No, of course not. They could have done some, but that wasn't how they approached it. They weren't trying, they were trying to sell the computer off the strength of the license versus selling the computer on the strength of its capabilities. Yeah, and also and you're that, not going to get the, the one thing about doing a game like uh, like a Tetris or a, Mar or a Super Mario is like that's built in mass appeal. Like, I mean, they had all these different packs. Some people like the comedy pack, and some people like the Batman pack and the driving pack. But a game like Tetris, for example, pretty much everyone likes that universally. Now, there's not that and many again, of those games again, walking around, but, you know, it's there. And again, it is the it is showing off the strength of the system. What's the strength of the Game Boy? The number one selling feature of the Game Boy was what? portability and battery life that's right that's right you can sit there and play tetris a game you can literally play forever in yeah. theory and never run out of battery yes yeah. yeah i think we're in lockstep on that boat i mean i'd put a i'd put a uh a special mention in there for when they released the donkey Kong for ColecoVision, and that's another game that showed off the graphical uh, superiority of the system it was a game everyone knew and it was a game everyone thought couldn't be done as well on a home system and then coleco sealed the deal on that by making crappy versions for everything else because they had yep. the, and, they, and, and lo and behold that's the game everyone wanted now could they have yep. sold a million a of those sure. they could have but they that thing moved a lot of consoles back in the day yeah yeah um, let's see. Uh, we go to Chris Folds, and he says, "Which of the following would you be prepared to lose for twelve months? Uh, heating or air conditioning, running water, access to all fast food, dining out, or food delivery, or the internet?" Well, not the internet. That's I couldn't. That's something I need um, because it does so much. I look at these of what they do for me, and so. Um, you said heating and cooling, uh, fast food, the internet, or wa running water. Man, yeah, it's which, funny, you when you lose. lose running water, you realize how much you like running water. It's funny how that works. You don't think about it. Take, you take it for granted. So mm -hmm. I would probably take out all the fast food. Here, now, uh, that know. would be difficult, though, for you because you're on the road all the time. Well, the thing here's the thing. Fast food's bad. Number one, it's bad for you. It's expensive. And so by taking that, by making it, eliminating it from my life somehow, magically, I would lose weight and save money because I wouldn't have a choice. And plus, I cook anyway. So I would just have to make myself lunches and stuff. So, I mean, it's not like I can't do it. I'm just too lazy to do it. So that would, in some ways, that would probably help me. So I would mm -hmm. go with that one. Yeah. Well, for me, the, the it's, it's not a question. I mean... I, a, heating and air conditioning, not an option to lose. Running water, definitely not an option to use, lose. The internet, I mean, yeah, it's it's 
I, you know, I, I like eating out. That's probably my number one, you know, activity that I do when I go outside because we live in West Virginia. There's not a whole lot to do other than roam around the outdoors or eat out. And so, uh, but I would give that up instead of anything else. It would, uh, which would you give up? Sorry, what was it? Uh, access to all fast food, dining yeah, out, yeah, food so delivery. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cameron Armstrong asks, when's the last time you completed a game from start to finish? Do you find it difficult nowadays to complete a game due to modern day distraction and an infinite list of other games to play? Uh, the last game I completed from start to finish was called A Short Hike. Uh, it is a PC indie game that has a PS1 aesthetic. Um, and, uh, it's a sort of a little adventure game. Um, and, uh, I really enjoyed it because it was only a couple hours long and I was able to finish it. Um, I, aside from that before then it was probably 2013, no 2012. I beat Fez on the Xbox 360. I think that was the last thing that I beat before then. See, it, this is sort of a. I I I got I beat the last boss in Tekken Five the other day. I, it's not like I've beaten it with every character, but I beat everyone they threw up against me. So I guess that sort of counts. Um, probably uh, uh, prehistoric Isle Two. I did after the show. Ironically, I went back and finished that game. Uh, you know, of course, I didn't. I cheated. I just had infinite quarters, uh, but I did finish. So I guess I'd put those two uh, up there. Yeah, but I, I mean, I do find it, I, I think that you'll agree with me, uh, it's difficult, more difficult than in the past to complete games because of all the other things going on. And, you know, and this is just the, the, the reality of doing what we do. Whenever I get into that video game playing mood, you know, I'll sit down with a game that I haven't finished yet. And in the back of my mind, I'll be thinking, boy, you could really put some more time into old Simulacrum or whatever we're playing Fair that Joy week. You're already playing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that is, that's, that's always a, in the back is, of my mind. You know, that, that is part of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, and his second question is, you are given unlimited resources and money and copyright permissions to make the Amiga 5000. Right, there's already in one of 5000. Tell us what its form factor is and what features it has and why I should give you the money. Well, let's face facts. If we had all those things, what we would come up with would not have anything to do with the Amiga because, you know, and I hate to say this, but like it, it's, it's dead, Jim. It's been dead for a long time. I mean, you could, right now we're just jacking up Frankenstein and the corpse, you know, but I mean, it's, you can't bring back the Amiga, the Commodore Amiga. What you can do is make something new and slap the Amiga branding on there, which now if you're going to do that, then you could, try to resurrect the brand that way. And you could also build on the history of the Amiga, sort of like the A500 Mini did. I think what I would do, uh, this is outside the box, and it would not appeal to anyone, but if I wanted to sell a lot of units and make some money, I might get into this sort of Steam handheld console routine with the new system, something that was that had a lot of jack. You know, spend that money for R&D on battery life and, and screen quality and... Uh, uh, um, uh, technology that was inside the thing. I, I think the days of uh, uh, you're not going to compete on the PC market with anything, no matter how much money you spend on it. So I think what you could do is kind of go in the middle of the handheld market, the console market, and the PC market by having one of these handheld Amiga devices. I think that'd be a lot of fun. You could definitely s spray the Amiga love all over it, uh, but you would you would Dude. have a good quality item 
and take that money and actually move the whole industry forward by looking into stuff that would help everybody uh, to play, you know, games better. And you can still have, you can still have all the uh, Amiga people get on board uh, because of the history and the name and stuff. But you could also appeal to people that don't know anything about the Amiga. I mean, the Amiga, we had the best machine on earth that looked awesome and did everything, and it died a death over here. So if you don't got that now, you're pretty much screwed because there's about a zillion tons more competition. I'm going to take this in an entirely different direction. All right. Um, Cameron said unlimited resources and unlimited money. All right. Unlimited. Okay. So here's what you do. You get all the guys. You get RJ. You get Dave. You get Mr. Pleasance. Maybe you don't get Mr. Pleasance. You get him especially. He's the leader. You say, here is an unlimited amount of money. Here is $5 million a piece, okay? I want you to pick up where you left off with the AAA Ombre chipset, okay? And I want you to develop this thing, and we're going we're gonna to manufacture this thing, and this is going to be the Amiga 5000. And what you've got is the Amiga version of the ZX Spectrum Next, where you've got a homebrew project with an unlimited budget that people in a very passionate community are getting behind because it truly is, it's the real next generation Amiga. It's the Amiga that never came to be in the past that people have talked about forever. And now it is here and it is ready for development because with this unlimited amount of money, I'm also going to pay developers to develop all kinds of games and other cool crap for it. Okay, that's the real Amiga 5000. Only possible if you have what the question sets out, and that is unlimited resources and money. But with unlimited resources and money, you could literally make the 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 next generation Amiga and make it the thing that everybody always wanted it to be. See, I, I, you you're right. We went in different directions because I was trying to think of something that would be viable. Right, you know, I mean, this is a, not viable. I, well, it, it's viable in much the same way the Spectrum Next is viable. Right, but the Spectrum Next—I don't know how much you followed the Spectrum Next here recently. It's on perma delay for parts. I mean, they've been waiting forever to get this next unlimited batch. money, man. Right, I'll build I, the fab in my backyard. I, I, I argue that this thing has been wholly successful. How much? I mean, how much stuff? How much have you heard about the 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 next? I mean, for years, I haven't heard only anything. It's just like remember the Mega sixty five. When that thing came out, it was it people were going crazy. When was I haven't heard Jack Squad about that either. It just sort of got released. I mean, isn't if I'm not mistaken, isn't the uh, the the ZX Next? It's a FPG a FPGA based con, like computer uh, uh, upgrade, right? I mean, it's basically it's an I mean, it's already it's all been done. Now I will I'll give you merit. I'll give you kudos for going after the AAA. I just assumed you would spend all that money, have it all produced, and then when they finally release it, you would just trash it. That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> I, that I would buy. Uh, Super Tech Boy asks, if you could merge two video games into one, which two and why? Boy, he's on this merge uh, thing. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. For example, Terminator 2 Judgment Day and Terminator 2 Arcade. To merging two video games into one. Well, I'm trying to think of the greatest VR experience you could have. Okay. Then what you do is you merge that with Samantha Fox strip poker. Bam, you're in. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, I would merge. I would love to do something like Animal Crossing meets SimCity. 
where you have the at the macro level you're looking or at the micro level you've got your little village or whatever but then at any point you can zoom out and you have a bunch broader control over making this whole world so i guess it would really be more like a sim sim earth type thing rather than sim city i've got a name uh, for that game too it's called the cure for insomnia right there that sounds <laughs> absolutely sleep inducing in my opinion thank you dave moila talk says uh, I have been a big fan of computer golf games going back to PGA golf on the Intellivision. On the Amiga, I spent many hours with the Jack Nicholas games. If you are into the genre, what is your golf game of choice, Amiga or other platform? <laughs> Remember that video you shot for Jack Nicholas? It got like more views than most of. Was that Jack Nicholas? That was that? Or was that no, Lee it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Jack, no, it was Nick Faldo. Nick, Nick Faldo's golf. We just keep getting more obscure when it comes to. <laughs> Uh, on the Amiga, what your what's your favorite golf game that we've played on there? We've None. played a few. No, we no, that's not true. We've enjoyed some games on there. Uh, we've enjoyed some games. Uh, I would none, say the, PG, the PGA me. game I thought was good. Links. I remember we played Links on there. It was slow, but the uh, listen. Nothing can hold nothing can hold a candle to the console based golf games. These well, are, golf games on the computers, they're a different beast. And they're just not as good of a beast. Well, I'm going to disagree with you because I've played plenty of great PC golf games. Uh, the Tiger Woods series was okay. Those don't count that. because those are new. I'm well, talking I about just, eight and sixteen bit. They had old golf. Tiger Woods games. I mean, how, depending on what you call old in the past twenty years, he's been around for a long time. Uh, I would also say, of course, Neo Turf Masters is great. Uh, I liked Tiger Woods on the Wii. That was a great game. I thought that was because you actually swing the thing. I mean, I wasn't very good at it, but it was, I thought it was fun. Uh, but uh, I like those were both good games. But when it comes to, like, classic <laughs> golf, I like World-Class Leaderboard, of course. That's a lot of fun. I like that game on the PlayStation. I think it was called the... Uh, um, it was the one It was the golf game where you had all, like, the hookers and 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 oh. uh, gangster rappers and stuff. Playing. Yeah, it was, was like BMX Hot Shots. Hot Shots. I, think it was I don't think those had gangsters and strippers in it. Hot Shots is like a G-rated game. No, well, the one I'm thinking of had strippers in it. I mean, actual yeah, strippers. It wasn't, wasn't Hot Shots golf. That's okay, I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that Turf Masters is great. Uh, I think that uh, NES uh, World Open is a great golf game. But the king of all golf games is the Mario Golf series on the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance. Uh, the perfect marriage of a, a you know, stat-building, role-playing golf game with some of the greatest mechanics ever put in a golf game. Uh, those are games, if you've not played those, fire up an emulator and play either... Uh, actually, just play Mario Golf Advance Tour on the GBA. That game is I haven't tried that sweet. either. But it's Outlaw Golf. And I've got another mention, aside from Outlaw Golf, and I'm playing this every, almost every Saturday with the boys. Golf with your friends on Steam. Team 17's uh, golf, mini golf game. Man, that's a lot of fun. You play like eight people at once. There's nothing more satisfying than watching Paco, Take, and O-Rom take 100 shots to get the ball in the hole while we all laugh at them. Makes me happy, Boat. So I'm going to throw that in there, too. Batman asks, quite like quite a lot of gamers, I have one or two ideas for a game I'd love to see. Uh, have you ever had an idea for or a concept for a game? And if so, would you reveal it? What do you think? I mean, I I am not the most creative person. A lot of times I'll take an existing idea 
and sort of tweak it. And, and, and I would, I don't think I've ever come up with like an entirely new game concept before. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff I thought would be cool, like actually got done. Like I remember a long time ago thinking how much fun it would be to have a pro wrestling game where you actually booked the matches and had backstage drama and you drafted people, but that's, it's out there and there's a new one coming out. Uh, I think you were talking about it. So that, I mean, that's sort of been done. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm like you, I'm not, you both, by the way, you were very creative, but I am not creative. And so I'm not, I just don't have the mind to come up with anything clever. I'm afraid. Um, Chris Folds asks recently at work, we were naming games that couldn't be released in this environment as part of case studies. I won by naming Aaron's favorite game, Bar Games. Do either of you know any other games you couldn't release in today's climate so I can keep up my winning streak? Um, I think any games that feature any sort of like uh, ethnic stereotypes, which are, uh, which are common in the older days, especially you know, Asian stereotypes, African stereotypes. Punch out. <laughs> those are not, yeah, those are not going to fly these days. Yeah. Um, I think a, a lot of, uh, but really like a lot of classic games that you would think that had like, for example, like the Barbarian cover, obviously like very exploitative of the female form, but the game itself, not the you know, other, not, not too much in it. Um, I, I just think about stuff like that uh, more than, um, or any, really any sort of game, I think you'd catch heat for any sort of game where you have a male protagonist that is uh, rescuing a, you know, a helpless female uh, abductee, I think you'd catch heat for these days. A lot of the games from back in the day that caught heat might still catch some. I mean, it's hard to say because games are so much more violent than they were. It's funny how that works. I mean, they're so... They're super. If you watch Mortal Kombat now, it's like a thousand times more disgusting than the old Mortal Kombat 2, you know, that made Luke run away. So I don't think you could make a game that's too violent. I don't think it's possible. So I suppose you would... The only thing thing that you could is if you put any sort... If you hurt an animal. Because you can do whatever you want to another human being. Or kid. But if you hurt, like, a dog or a kid... It's right out. Well, there's tons of games where you kill animals, though. Tons and tons. Look at all the hunting games, games where you run over and stuff in the street. You know, you know. I guess Armageddon. You're right. I, I think you're well, right. But it, it's a if it's an animal you love, I guess. Um, I think a game that would would have problems now uh, would be games that that tread on someone politically. You know, I mean, listen, I can name games. I remember there was a school shooting game that was available back in the day. There was all kinds of like games that were like super low end, like they were barely games that you could that you could buy that were like uh, or chiller something like that, you know, torture games. But I think today it would be something more political. Like there are games out there that like where you play like the Nazis and stuff. I don't think that would get over uh, stuff like that. But I mean, I it's gonna you're gonna be hard pressed to get a game banned these days. It'd be tough, you know. I'm sure there are some out there, but I mean, people are pretty. At least in the well, states, don't let you know, you, if, you know go. If you if you think back to I don't you know banned that that's I I don't know about banned, but there are definitely games that are not released because of the current political climate. For example, Advance Wars, uh, the newest Advance Wars for the Switch was flat out delayed indefinitely because of the war in Ukraine. Oh because yeah, of, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll give the, you the, that. This, but it, this stuff still happens. Or you know they they canceled the uh, Six Days in Fallujah game. 
about the Afghanistan war. Uh, there was a Vietnam war game that they canceled because of because of uh, reasons. So it, it still exists. Uh, there the stuff will still, but it's just a question of like, does the amount of money that this game might make outweigh sort of the 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 social media backlash that is to follow? Right, but I mean, all those money. are when you, when I say political, that's sort of what I meant. Games that like infringe or or contain elements that are currently. You know, there's currently a, uh, you know, I saw there's a show that's supposed to debut or a movie, and the name of the movie was something about it, the dead queen or something, and they put that on permanent, or a temporary stop until after months after the right. queen's buried right. because you don't, that'd be idiotic right. to release it at this point right. with that name. Right. But I mean, when games were just straight up released and people were like, this is no good, you know, it's like a postal or something, it's going to be tough to come up with those that are just, flat out denied you know but I'm, I'm sure somebody could uh david hern writer asks the same question we just answered uh mm -hmm. what was the last game you played and completed on any platform so well, for me it was a short hike for you it was tekken tekken 5 you said and and uh also uh prehistoric isle 2 all right uh jonah from amiga addict asks where do magnetics get their magnetism and how do they keep that power well i know that magic I'm going to go with magic as well. Mitsuyama asks, what homespun remedies do you remember from your youth? For example, did Granny ever give you a swig of moonshine to cut an upset stomach or to cure an upset stomach even though you were only four? Well, that would kill a four-year-old, so no. No, we, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, there wasn't a jug with three X's sitting in the kitchen uh, as we <laughs> sat in our overalls on, on a hay bale. Uh <laughs> In a big straw hat. That's not what happened. So no, no one I know kept moonshine in, in their house. Now I know people that make moonshine or had moonshine that and like, but not. No, you would never give that to a kid because you couldn't. There's no way to know what the con the alcohol content of moonshine is, and so you could kill a little kid with it instantly or blind them. That'd be no one. I that believe stupid. you're reading a lot into this example. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. I th hey, listen, I got to clear some myths up here. Home remedies that were known back in the day. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, despite the fact that we're in West Virginia, woods and crap are around. I mean, I think it was pretty much the same crap that everybody else heard, right? You upset stomach, they'd give you a little Sprite. That was one I, you know, stuff like that. It's not like mm -hmm. Granny went out to the garden and picked some, like, goozle weed, and grind it down, and rubbed it on your boo-boo. Like, that crap, I didn't Well, I, I think that, that, you know... We are, uh, you know, a generation or two out from when that sort of thing went down. Like you've got the, you've read the Foxfire books. I mean, stuff like that it exists. Yeah, we just didn't. It, we we uh, were a little bit too young for it. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, you know, there's the old rub dirt in it. You get the cut in the baseball field. I tell you know? kid that all, I tell the kid that all the time when he gets hurt, rub some dirt on it. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Okay, I've got a question for you, Aaron, that I submitted. What is one thing most people hate that you actually don't mind? Well, pro wrestling would be at the top of the list. Uh, <laughs> people, people hate that old time. In fact, the majority of the things I like are things that most people hate. If you if you take <laughs> the compass, it encompass the entire world. One thing that I would like, I'll tell you something, boat, and uh, uh, almost all my friends now don't like any sports. Like, it's quite remarkable. There's not that, I mean, I, there's a few of us that are still around. When mm -hmm. I was a kid, we all liked sports. We all watched football and baseball. Uh, and uh, a lot of my friends now don't give any craps about sports. They don't watch them uh, and don't care. 
So I feel like almost like a throwback that I'm still into sports and MMA and stuff. So I would say that that's an unusual thing that I wouldn't have guessed. Um, well, yeah, that's not, that's definitely not one thing. I guess one thing most of your friends hate, but I'm talking about most people in general. So you can, I would say, I would say pro licorice. wrestling. People. Black licorice. There you go. I love that. That's, I, Graham I that knows. Graham W. knows. He sends me bushels of it. This is the one thing that most people hate that I actually don't mind. Targeted advertising. I think targeted advertising is great. Because guess what? If I'm going through Facebook or I'm going through uh, Twitter or something, I want to see ads about stuff that I'm into. And maybe I'll buy something. I want advertising to work like that. I don't want to see random ads for, you know, insomnia cures and uh and you know prescription drugs for diseases i don't have i want to see like i right now my current obsession is is tabletop role-playing games so i want to see tons of ads on facebook about people's do kickstarters and stuff like that i think that's cool i don't understand why people have a problem with targeted advertising you know the thing is but you're a consumer you're a, you're a dream consumer yes right? because that is an you awesome every, description of you me. You do everything that they the people want. You love their ads. You look at their ads, and then you buy the crap in the ads, and you do it on the Heck spur yeah. of the moment with little thought mm -hmm. paid to what you're getting. I bought four things this morning. Okay, right. That's but see the thing is, a lot of us don't like targeted ads because they are annoying, or they also seem like they're invading your privacy, or sometimes they just won't stop. I get on Twitter. And there's an ad. I keep getting these ads for these anime phone games, right? It That's because you are all of your no. searches are about hot anime. No, chicks. no, no, it's not. It's I don't know. It's I don't know if it's because of the people I added. Something. There's a lot that goes into the equation. But like, listen, I'm I've never bought a a big boobied anime girl thing where you make your own chick. They have all these stupid names. It comes up. Oh, what about the ad for that thing on YouTube? It's like, this is the authentic game, and it shows the guy on that ledge, and there's some molten lava, and there's like a monster, and there's a pile of gold, and he's got to try to get to the gold, and he always fails. I've seen that thing a million times. I'm not buying it. Stop. Just okay. stop. But you're missing my point. You're missing my point. You're always going to get advertising. Advertising is here to stay, okay? If you have to look at ads, wouldn't you rather look at ads based on your interests no. other than just random crap? Super Tech Boy to Chat just nailed it. He bought a mattress, then he got a thousand mattress ads. I, anytime I buy one thing, they just relentlessly hound me with that thing. That's another thing I hate about it. That targeted thing, because they say, hey, he bought one thing. Like, let's just keep giving. And sometimes it's the exact same thing I bought. You know, I don't like it. I feel like they're invading my privacy. I don't like it. Okay. Mr. Rocket says, Star Trek, the original series, or Star Trek, the next generation? Star Trek, the original series, duh. Yeah, I'm going to go with next gen. I think the original series is uh, is uh, sort of overhyped. I'm not saying it sucks. but You're a neophyte in the realm of Star Trek, my friend. David Z says Star Trek versus Star Wars. Now? Oh, man, it's a tough call. <laughs> You're an idiot, first of all, because you don't watch any of the good new Star Trek. What? Well, when they make some, I'll watch it. I, I promise. Right, right. I haven't seen that one show you're talking about, but how many of the bad ones do they release and the bad movies? I mean, there's it, only been there's OK. The, the latest movies were not good. But there's been so much more good Star Trek than Star Wars. 
so much more, infinite amounts more. I'd have to ponder that to be honest, because you got to think like a lot of people like the Mandalorian. That's been on a couple seasons, so that that counteracts some of the Star Trek stuff. There's been a lot of people like that Boba Fett, some of this other stuff. Now I, I didn't watch it, but a lot of people liked it. You know, so I mean, it's well, a lot of people like the new Star Trek movies. What's your point? D no, no, most people yes. didn't like those. They no, most, most geeks those. didn't like it, but they made tons of money in the box office. They underperformed. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen Strange New Worlds, but so I can only speak. It's it's very close. My gut. The tells question me Star is, Trek. which do you prefer? The uh, well, I used to love Star Wars, but they hurt me. And they can't ever touch the original series, so I'm going to go with Star Trek. But they're both, I don't know, it's tough. It's very close with me, very close. See, it's not even close for me. I think Star Wars is possibly the most overhyped franchise in history. Like, well, it's fine, but it's not this, like, world-beating, never-been-done-before, crazy, awesome thing that everybody thinks it is. You're I just don't young. think it is. You're too young, though. That's the difference. When Star Wars came out in the theater, the original... Listen, I know, they've killed it. They killed it dead. But when the original one came out, you'd never seen anything like it. It was mind-blowing. I understand that. I understand the fact that the first Star Wars movie, and to a lesser extent the second one first and the two. third one, were groundbreaking in ways that are... So, like, you can still sit down and watch Star Wars and the effects hold up. Yeah. And you couldn't say that about any movie that came before, with some possible exceptions. Um, but... I'm talking about the Star Trek or the Star Wars universe, you know, taking into account everything that's come out since the first movie, taking as a whole. It's not great. It's no. not great. And I've read a bunch of the books and I've read a bunch of the comic books and I've seen all the movies. Some of the books were good. That, that universe as a whole is not as interesting and not as cool as the Star Trek universe, in my opinion. I mean, it's close. I, mean, they, I think both have been irrevocably tarnished over the past t five, ten years. But, hey, I'm glad you say the new Star Trek is good. I want to see good Star Trek, just like Doctor Who. I love Doctor it's Who. It's waiting for you. You can watch all you ten know? episodes well, anytime you want. I'm, when I get a spare moment, I'm going to try to catch into it. I'm kind of giving up on Lord of the Rings, so maybe I'll try that. Yeah, I'm done with that. Uh, Paul Harrington asks, Aaron, are you looking forward to the new Babylon 5? Well, you know, uh, Shazinski just had a thing this week to try to get people to rally behind the name of Babylon 5 because I guess their uh, their show sort of, you know, they've cut a lot of these sh upcoming shows, Boat. Right. Uh, uh, was it HBO Max or whoever it is? And so there's Warner Brothers. They're on the fence, I guess. And, of course, uh, I guess he was happy. Babylon 5 trended number one. You know, I guess, you know, I guess that means something. Um you know, we were just talking about it. It's funny, this comes up right at the Star Wars, Star Trek thing. I think we could both agree that damage has been done to both shows or series in recent years by dud products, right? Even if the well, new okay, I, I want to ask you about this because yeah. I don't know anything about Babylon 5. So are you saying that there's been damage done to Babylon 5 since the show went off well, the no, air? Well, no, I'm saying that's what I'm afraid of. Oh, that's okay. What, now, by the way... To, they were there. Were, there was a very lightly viewed Babylon Five, um, directly to DVD thing that came out. It did no one any favors, but it was so obscure that most people didn't see it. And there was a show that came on after Babylon Five called Babylon Five Crusade, 
which was okay. It wasn't great, but it didn't kill it. It was okay. All right. Uh, so I'd hate to see. It's a lot like Firefly. I want new Fireflies, but I want them, do I want them to come out and crap? I'm I'm gun shy after Star Wars and Star Trek. They crapped over crap well, that I held I dear. Just, I, maybe it's because I don't know as much about Babylon Five, but I think that there's a much better chance that Babylon Five could come out with a really quality product than Firefly. It just seems like Firefly was such a product of its time and such a product of Joss Whedon, who's sort of persona non grata now. Yeah, I just don't think that you could bring a show like that right. back. But I'm saying, if in a dream scenario, you know, if, with things as they were, uh, but I mean, if JMS, the creator of B5, is behind it, that gives me some peace, you know. But again, Babylon Five was groundbreaking, legendary television. Do we need to go back and fool with it in any way? I mean, there's plenty of other stuff in that universe you could go to, just like the. Strange new worlds or whatever. It's not they're not just erasing something. It's something else. You know, do something mm-hmm. else. You know. So and right. then there's also there's two Babylon Five projects that are in the works. One involves the original cast and one is all new stuff. I mean, I'll give it a shot. You know, just like I always do with everything. Uh, but I am uh, uh, I'm leery of it. Yeah. Paul also asks, Have you ever had dreams about each other? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure I have. I'm yeah. sure I have. Yeah, I've had I had a dream with Bo the other day. Uh, I remember distinctly. I think we were cooking, uh, believe it or not. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember my dreams that much, but every once in a while I remember one. Yeah. Um, Adam from Commodore Chronicles asks, Reuben with sauerkraut or coleslaw? Sauerkraut. Yeah. Yeah, I love me a good Reuben. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of these things that I've sort of come on to in my older age because yes. when I was a kid. I thought the idea of sauerkraut was disgusting. Yeah. But now I've come around and I like it. Mm, I still hate I sauerkraut. And I don't, I never eat it on anything but a Reuben. But yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like you as an older guy. I'm like, I tried it and I liked it. I'm like, man, this is really good. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Hearn Ryder says scammers are everywhere. Have any of their phone calls, texts, or emails come close to fooling you? Yes. Um, I think I clicked on something the other day that was like, now, did did it affect me to the extent that I had to like change my bank account? I've never had my identity stolen or my PayPal account hacked or anything like that, but I did click on a thing that did fool me into, uh, especially when I was in the crypto space, when I was doing all that stuff. Uh, I clicked on some stuff and I had to delete some wallets and and get rid of some stuff because it was, yeah. I, uh, I've never been full. I've been hosed, but I had nothing to do with me. They just packed some stuff. Uh, I get scam calls all the time on my state phone. I mean, all the time. It's ridiculous. Uh, and so, but no, I don't think I've ever fallen for any of them. Uh, and I've, I've seen live ones, and I've seen, uh, I've had the phone ones. We 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 went to that uh, Herbalife, uh, you know, job wanted thing. So they've tried to scam me in real life on the phone on the computer. I don't think I've ever fallen for any of them. Uh, IS2Scooby asks, what are your thoughts on gaming being so widely accepted now? When I was growing up, being a gamer wasn't generally something to let other people know about unless you somehow suspected they were also a gamer. Um, I think that gaming is still not widely accepted above adult or among adults. Like uh, when, within my peer group at, you know, at school, if I come out, I'm like, hey, 
You know, have you played uh, the new, or I, I don't play a lot of new games, so I can't think of what. Animal like, Crossing. Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, I was playing Animal Crossing the other day. Blah, 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 blah. That is not the same as saying, hey, did you catch the game last night? Like, it, gaming among adults, I don't think still hasn't gained that sort of wide acceptance yet. What do you think? You know, it's funny. I read a lot of stuff about people with this stigma that was when they were younger or whatever about gaming. And I never, ever, ever saw that. Uh, I mean, that was never a problem. Like, I never hid games from my... We all liked video games. I mean, when I was, mm-hmm. you know, and they weren't that new. I mean, they were pretty new at that point, but everyone was... There was no problem. Everyone thought they were cool. You know, so that was that's something I never have understood. Maybe it's a, uh, a, a nationality thing, but maybe just where we're at. But I mean... We thought they were yeah. awesome, and even well, my when dad. I was a kid, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, even, even my dad, who doesn't game, he was always intrigued by arcade machines, and he he'll, he likes to see what I'm up to because he finds it fascinating. But he doesn't play, you know. Yeah, uh, my dad, on the other hand, can't believe that grown people play video games. Like when I, you know, I, I tell him about the podcast and stuff, and he just he can't believe that what we do has any sort of an audience. So, um, but I'm just like you when I was in I elementary can't school. <laughs> Well, when I was in elementary school, everybody was playing Nintendo. I grew up right at the height of yeah. the, the the Nintendo. And boys, girls, I mean, it was a global phenomenon. I mean, it was it was something everybody had and everybody was doing. And I'll tell you something else, too. When I was younger, uh, tons and tons of adults with arcades back in the day. And then there was a... Then that stopped for a while. and Because I don't know what happened exactly, but I the... Uh, you know, because arcades, I mean, listen, pinball machines were around before video games and tons of adults played pinball. And mm-hmm. so tons of adults would, a lot of times you'd have a pool table and stuff. So there's a lot of crossover. And then when stuff went to sort of full to, on the video games, I think you lost a lot of the adults. I think they they weren't as into it. I think part, partially because the, the pool tables and stuff were gone and the pinball machines were gone and they weren't, they, the new, they weren't as into the video games. That's just a guess. Well, here here's my here's my theory on that. I think that as video game manufacturers started to cater more and more to kids, more and more kids started to come to arcades. And when you're in a situation where you're an old dude and you're surrounded by a bunch of kids, it's not a place that you always want to be. Yeah, but I mean, what video games were around early on that went away that would? I mean, I mean, for every game like a, a Missile Command or something that would be triggered for adults, there was always stuff like a. A spy hunter or a Galaga or something that weren't necessarily. I mean, they were around kids. I mean, I don't, and even like stuff like Street Fighter and stuff. I wouldn't say were aimed toward children. Uh, well, I, mean, I think I, I think there absolutely was a change in the mid '80s um, where the video game manufacturers stopped trying to target, you know, basically the most of most of your, you know, a wide swath of ages and really started to focus in on adolescent boys. And you see that with the type of games that were being made. Yeah, you might be right. And the venues changed a lot, too, because, you know, gone were the kind of dark arcades with this ashtray attached to them. And then you've got this stuff like the tilt you were talking about, stuff where it's a lot more kidified, you know. And so then that really ran off, including me, because I didn't like the the redemption game. So, yeah, it's it's who knows? It's a strange one. Yeah. Um, Paul Harrington asks, do you ever use Z instead of Z by accident due to starting R Sinclair? I got to say, I don't often mention the letter Z outside of the retro gaming space. Um, it's not like I'm talking about the mark of Zorro or anything like that. So, Well, I, I have 
I have I call the ZX all, almost always. Every once in a while, I'll call it the ZX, but that doesn't even sound right to me anymore. But when it right. comes to the letter Z, uh, uh, you're right. It's not often where you're going to say like Z, but I, I have said Z before because my buddy at work was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, sorry, because I, I do distinctly remember that conversation coming up. So I don't know what the uh, what we were talking about, but I've done it at least once. Chris Folds asks, after seeing Ollie Frey's amazing casket, what do you want painted on yours? That was cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, Google it up. It's basically a casket. Uh, his casket is painted all over with uh, various artworks that he's done, a lot from video games. Yeah, that was really, man. Um, well, I wouldn't want any of my art on my casket. That'd be that'd be, hor- <laughs> that'd be a straight trip to hell right there. I might as well just kick the thing in a fire. Um what would I like on there? Um, uh, you know, I guess I'm a traditionalist boat. You know, I'll tell you what, put some led lighting on there, you know, sort of like what I've got here, just some cheap stuff you glue on, you know, and maybe like a, a strobe light or a disco ball at the top. I could something like that. Disco it up a little bit like a rave. And then as you, as you, as you lower me into ground, crank up a tune turn all the lights on, you know what I'm saying? That'd be a kind of a good way to go down. And then they can start shoveling the dirt on. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about, you know, what, uh, what it, you know, painting a casket has never been something that I've seen before until we saw this one. So I haven't really had time to think about it. Um, I think Le Melangelo is not out of the question. Oh, man. That's a ticket <laughs> to hell right there, for sure. <laughs> you know, some people get buried in, like, cars and stuff. Is there, what about an object? What if they showed the whole piano in there with you stuck in it or a tuba? You know, pour your I'm ashes in a tuba. In in College Hill in St. Albans, there was this huge uh, tomb. And my grandpa always told me that a lady was buried in her rocking chair. I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's I creepy. could see myself, you know, uh, you know, uh, just kind of cremated and my ashes uh, poured into the business end of a flugelhorn. And you know what I would do? I would blat the biggest blat and shoot you all over the patrons right there at the at the funeral. That's that. That's that's the way uh, you should we'll, go. We'll, t- with, we'll talk after with the show. a horrible noise <laughs> that you're involved in. That seems appropriate. <laughs> no, it's, I want you. I want you to plate your solo from Mars. No, into uh, the I can do it. I remember. It. <laughs> and finally, our final question of this week's or this month's Ask the Amigos. Paul, aka Hermsky, asks. Oliver's entrance music into the crematorium was the 007 James Bond theme. What would your choice be? That's a cool theme. That's a cool theme. Um, gosh, I look at it sort of like you know, it's sort of like your entrance music to heaven, all right? Like if you're a wrestler, right? right. Uh, I mean, I've went over a million different things. I was just thinking the other day, I was like, if I if I came to work a wrestling show, I would enter to dare to be stupid. But I don't think that would get me over at the funeral. I don't think that would be a that's not a good message. I always like the opening, uh, uh, the opening stanza from uh, from Tank. You know the uh, Cowboy Bebop. Theme. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I if think you want that, a- I'll do the rap part. It's about time wrote this. Yeah, because that's part of it. Okay, three, two, one. Let's bury. Right. And then you just stick right. it in the ground. They lure you in. And then I what I want it. you to do is to sing sing along with the Patreon names as I'm lowered <laughs> down, because they'll be paying for that funeral. <laughs> they'll be the ones. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I would have uh, K Sarah Sarah from the Katamari Damacy oh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah, that's a weird that one. Up. Not not the not the Donovan version or whatever. I thought it wasn't that like Sandra D or somebody saying the Sandra original D. Version I was of one of those people. Hey, 
just around. I like that song. Um, but I, I want I the Kyle Murray monster version. All right, that's going to do it for this month's Ask the Amigos. As always, if you have a question you'd like Aaron and I to answer, hit us up on Discord. If you're not a member of our Discord, go over to patreon.com slash amigos podcast and sign on up. We'd love to hear from you. We will see you next time. And until then, adios. adios.